In this podcast, I'm sharing my passion and curiosity for soft robotics, where we share inspiring stories about the work we do and how we can push the limit. I am Mara Dweeney, and this is Soft Robotics Podcast. Support for this show comes from Science Robotics Journal. I really find Science Robotics to be a great resource for reliable and tangible research where we can really push the limit of the science we do in robotics. Great way to stay up to date with the published article is checking out the released monthly issue. All the links will be included in each episode description. We will also happen to have a regular conversation on the most published science robotic articles, where also you can contribute with your question and thoughts about the research. Thanks Science Robotics for sponsoring Soft Robotics Podcast. So I'd like to ask you first uh, how you'd like to define yourself as audience who may be first time listening to you. Sure. So I see myself as a synthetic biologist in my group. Um, we engineer microbes to produce useful molecules and materials. Um, my background was coming from uh, biomolecular engineering and synthetic biology. Um, so we use a combination of genetic and molecular engineering tools to engineer uh, microbes so that they can make some useful molecules for us. I'm curious about your research since you highlighted how we can design material that could be tough and uh, more stronger, for example, than Kevlar uh, material. I don't know how do you uh, can design such material like that. It is. Uh, can you tell me more about that? Sure. So this part of the product, um, we have been interested in engineering microbes to produce protein-based materials that uh, will be strong and tough. We were inspired by uh, nitro spider silk. Uh, and actually, a few years ago, we engineered microbes to uh, just produce the spider silk protein from bacteria. And we showed in that uh, earlier work that uh, we managed to engineer microbes to produce some silk fibers um, that were as uh, strong and as tough as nitro spider silk. So for in this mm-hmm. recent published work, uh, we made one step forward. We started to engineer the silk sequence to make something uh, even better, even stronger and tougher. Uh, so the high toughness of the material really come from uh, the feature of the protein sequence. And that traces back to the high toughness of nitro uh, spider silk protein. Um, so if the question is why the spider silk protein is so tough, uh, the molecular reason uh, mechanism is that uh, if you look at the structure of the silk uh, fibers, um, you have those protein sequences fold into beta sheets crystals. And within those beta sheets crystals, um, the, there's multiple beta strands interact very tightly with each other. Um, and of course, there's also a morphous region um, within the fiber. So once you pull the fiber, before the fiber breaks, um, the protein molecules get elongated. Uh, and as the chains get elongated, it needs to break all those interactions uh, in those amorphous regions where those flexible chains interact uh, through a variety of interactions. And also, uh, you, may like, you may likely break some of the interaction within the beta crystals. 
and there you even have even stronger interactions between the molecules. Um, so all this energy will get absorbed by breaking those uh, bonds um, before the fiber eventually breaks. So that is a mechanism provided uh, to give the material a high strength and high toughness. Uh, and in this recent work, um, we further improve the, uh, the mechanical property of the fiber by genetically engineering the sequence where we put some uh, sequence from amyloid uh, uh, peptide. And those amyloid peptide uh, even have stronger interactions compared with in the natural spider silk. And that's why we believe when you pull the fiber, um, those uh, bonds um, have even stronger energy, uh, have even stronger interactions where you have to break them uh, in order to break the fiber. And that provides a mechanism uh, for the fiber to display a high toughness. Maybe I'm curious to ask you, if there's any other way do you think beyond what you achieved to increase the toughness of the material or make the material maybe never damaged? Um, that, that's a very interesting question and a very uh, exciting way to think about the, 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 the material. Um, I, I, I think it will be uh, a little bit challenging to create something that will never be damaged um, with a, a tremendous amount of energy. Uh, the material could be damaged to some extent, um, but it is possible to engineer material that can be even tougher or even absorb a, a higher amount of energy. Um, mm. And if you think about the design principle um, that was used in the spider silk fiber and in our recent work, um, you can continue to engineer a system so that it can absorb even a higher amount of energy uh, and dump that amount of energy into heat while without damaging the, 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 the material significantly. Uh, and in fact, we have another work uh, recently uh, been uh, accepted uh, by the Journal of Nature Communications, hopefully you're going to see it soon, where we took um, another uh, protein motif from, uh, from muscles. Um, uh, in, in muscles, there's a, protein called, there, there's, a, there's a protein called titan. And the titan has a, uh, another very interesting set of uh, structure where it folds into something called hemoglobin-like uh, 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 domains. Uh, and their folding into those Ig domains um, requires a, a higher amount of energy. Um, and in the paper, we show that once you pull that material, you actually uh, need uh, quite a bit of energy in order to fold, to unfold those individual ID domains that provide another mechanism to absorb a lot of energy, uh, which in, in terms of the material is translated into a high material toughness as well. I guess I'll ask you maybe about the limitation or maybe something you still think, yeah, there's a limitation in the way we design new materials. Do you think, based on that, what you do in expression, for example, uh, how you can design this tough material, do you think it's still something maybe missing or there's a limitation, do you think? Um, yes, yeah, so there are still challenges that we face from the material aspects. Um, in, in, traditionally, there has been uh, uh, some beliefs that uh, material uh, ultimate strength and toughness seems to be two properties that do not uh, come together very often. 
um, you see most of the material they're either tough but they're not very strong and there are other materials which are strong but not very tough and for our materials um, uh, it, it does have the combination of both high strength and high toughness and, and that comes from the fact that this uh, this protein molecules has really high molecular weight um, and which is critical for these mechanical properties however synthesizing materials with such a high molecular weight is a challenge it's a challenge not only for materials made of uh, synthetic polymers and also a challenge for uh, our protein-based materials and in in, in in my research lab together with many other research groups who are interested in protein-based materials um, in order to make a protein molecule that is uh, has such a high molecular weight uh, it requires to build in a huge number of re repeating sequences um, but that provides a challenge in terms of its synthesis because uh, most of the cells uh, do not handle those repetitive protein sequences well when you have a high molecular weight when the protein is highly repetitive the yield tends to be very low uh, so that is a challenge uh, and sometimes when the molecular weight is so high the cell just refuses to make it at all uh, we are now using our expertise in synthetic biology and in biological engineering trying to solve these synthesis problems um, and hopefully we're going to uh, be able to make um, new materials that uh, would have uh, have uh, uh, have even better mechanical properties. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. But I guess this could maybe for students listening to since you work in synthetic biology, how how that you approach is a kind of designing that this material. You wanted to design certain material with certain properties and this certain toughness. So how you approach this problem and to understand this kind of nature material from nature and you try to engineer them and what you try to, to do. How you approach this problem, how you approach the design process itself? Uh, that's another excellent question. Um, so when we design our material, we benefit uh, tremendously from prior studies. Um, in the case of these uh, protein-based fibrils, we learn a lot from the structure and function relationships uh, and structure and property relationships of natural spider silk. There has been uh, two decades at least of studies trying to understand which part of the sequence translate to what type of structure in the silk fiber and that is responsible for what type of properties eventually you see in the fibers. Um, once we learn all of this, uh, then now we understand um, now this sequence you can potentially engineer in a certain way uh, to uh, change this type of the structure in the final uh, fiber forms and that would give you either a higher toughness or lower toughness. Um, there's another part of sequence which will contribute to some other part of the structure will, which will affect the strength and by m changing those sequences we'll be able to uh, control the mechanical properties to some extent. So in general we're really benefited from uh, the sequence structure function relationships uh, that has been acquired and learned from decades of research by, by, by multiple research groups. Great. Great. And I'm curious to ask you, do you have any kind of trade-offs in the design process, do you think, when you try to desire, design something and for desired goal and you find there's a kind of a trade-off you can't really avoid? Because sometimes you have this kind of the trade-offs in the design process 
I don't know if you have encountered any. Sure, for sure. Uh, in in uh, in research, you see a whole bunch of uh, uh, problems or challenges, unexpected uh, uh, issues. And in particular, in our case, as I mentioned earlier, um, this uh, high strength and high toughness properties were often associated with high molecular weight. And whenever you're dealing with high molecular weight protein, um, then you start to have problems in uh, material uh, synthesis, purification, and processing. Um, so indeed, we have uh, uh, this big trade-off. Uh, when we pursue a high strength and high toughness material, the material become very difficult to be uh, purified and very difficult to be processed. So for example, when we make the, the fiber, uh, the protein um, uh, it does not dissolve in, in, in most of the solvent, so we eventually have to use some very harsh organic solvent to dissolve it and be able to process it. Um, for uh, uh, If we use a short molecular weight protein, uh, then you have much more choices in terms of processing conditions. So I'm also curious about asking about if there's something maybe counterintuitive as well, besides these trade-offs. Because sometimes we speak about toughness. Um, for example, in nature, we see some creatures, they have those kind of strong parts and weak points, and that's how they can mitigate the, the crack propagation. For example, seashell, we have an episode about that. But I'm curious about, is there any something you think was counterintuitive or surprising for you? Does it make sense to you? Um, we, we haven't, for, in this product, we have not seen so many counterintuitive uh, uh, phenomena yet. Um, I would say um, um, maybe, maybe one thing that particularly for this material that uh, is a little bit surprised to us uh, is um, so, so this material comes from a uh, from a uh, modified nitro spider silk. Uh, so when we fabricate this material we always compare with the natural spider silk. Um, so there was one surprising uh, observation we found is that whenever we engineer the sequence, uh, probably because we introduce a sequence that somehow it is uh, more hydrophilic so that the protein become more water soluble, um, uh, slightly more water soluble, but, but again, it, it does not really dissolve in, in, in acres, uh, in, in water, in, in in, in, in water in, at a high concentration. Um, but what we notice is um, the, this slightly improved water solubility, maybe together with the fact that this protein does not interact very strongly with itself when in aqueous solution, uh, make it easier uh, to purify. Uh, this is something uh, uh, a little bit unexpected. Uh, two years ago, when we worked on the nitro spider silk product and that protein is very difficult to 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 purify uh, it took uh, a good person probably two weeks from the moment we have the protein synthesized to the moment we get a purified protein um, but for this uh, sequence it turned out to be much easier to handle uh, it's basically just the uh, take two to three days then you can get a pure protein right. so we're very happy with that Let's ask you, based on the research you're doing, if there is any other questions you think still hard to find an answer, sometimes you try to think, or maybe 
because sometimes we can in academia it's hard to make uh, for example a progress in, in like breakthrough some all the time sometimes most of incremental but I don't know how this is this kind of maybe question still not touch it by research it or maybe other material that because you try to design new material even outside beyond the nature but maybe first what kind of question you think still not touch it yet or still hard to find an answer for at least from your group sure that's, that's an excellent question um so uh i'm uh, as an engineer uh, when you engineer material um you you think about the ideal situation where you can model the system so that uh, from what you understand, you'll be able to uh, fairly accurately predict what would be the next step. Uh, say, in particular, in our material, we would like to have the capability to be able to predict what type of sequence might give mm. the most desirable strength and toughness. Uh, we're currently definitely uh, uh, lack that capability. I think the challenge lies on a... Uh, uh, accurate way to model the system. If we would have a highly accurate molecular model um, that we can type in the protein sequences and the model would be able to later predict a structure uh, in the material form, either it's fiber or hydrogel or any other forms, and then be able to um, simulate what the mechanical property might be in this form that will be very, very helpful. Um, and, and that is my dream type of engineering. We hope can achieve that within uh, uh, some, uh, some years of, of effort to that. Um, if you can achieve that, then uh, it can make uh, any, uh, material engineering more predictable um, mm. and it will be a great uh, asset to, to the research field as well. One thing I think very interesting about the tools we have already. You mentioned simulation. I, some people say fabrication sometimes it's so challenging um, when it comes, for example, designing tougher material. You, you used a different technique, but for example, we had an episode about the inspired by seashells, and it's really challenging sometimes to design this kind of material or maybe fabricate them. From your perspective, where do you see this kind of tools? They lack something, and maybe still we need to push in this part if you have noticed any Thing from the tools, from simulation, or fabrication tools, techniques. Right. So, um, well, my own research group does not do any molecular um, modeling. We hope that we can collaborate with uh, some of the professional modeling groups to work together on these issues. Um, and for uh, from from my own group, we're trying to solve these issues uh, through uh, experimental ways. Uh, we have great tools in terms of controlling uh, uh, protein synthesis and make uh, a fairly broad uh, range of different sequences. And we hope that from this uh, experimental synthesis that we can uh, provide data, uh, we can provide data sets that will be either used by the uh, computational groups to train their models, uh, either use machine learning algorithms or they can use our data to fit into their uh, uh, their modeling framework, or we can directly learn some um, uh, some uh, sequence structure property relationships from our experiment. So that that um, that that is my hope, and also what we're currently doing 
trying to use the synthesis and material characterization tools to give us a better understanding of how these systems work. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm curious about the picking the, the ideas. Do you think you, you have kind of inspiration? Maybe something never exists in nature. Sometimes you think you want to do something in a different way because we know that most of things designed in nature in an adaptable way are maybe not optimum. But I don't know when you think maybe I can design something beyond what already exists in nature. I know you're doing something in this line, but I'm speaking about the way you inspire the design or, uh, yeah, new ideas. I don't, I'm curious if you have any. Uh, exactly. So that is exactly what uh, uh, we are moving uh, forward to. Uh, so we started from mimicking natural systems, um, but I deeply believe that, uh, um, say, a spider silk is not the strongest fiber or toughest fiber that could ever exist in nature. Uh, there are other sequences or other um, uh, materials ex uh, not currently exist in nature would uh, outperform uh, spider silk. And, and indeed, what, what we recently demonstrated is, is a first step that uh, uh, it starts to show some very promising result. And I deeply believe there are other sequences that uh, out there could do even better. Um, so uh, currently, we, we, we think we have the tools, and we we start to have some understanding of the uh, of how the system works. Then um, we are right now very interested to testing new ideas and new sequences and new materials to see whether uh, they will give us um, something uh, completely artificial, but uh, uh, outperform the natural materials. When it comes to this research line, what is something you really aspire to? Maybe, I, I don't know, what kind of goals do you have or expectation for this research line? Sure. Yeah, so uh, actually talking about uh, uh, particularly uh, for materials uh, in robotics, what um, we have been re very recently motivated is uh, realize that uh, uh, in the field of soft robotics, right now people are looking for materials uh, that have uh, um, have properties very similar to human tissues. Uh, I do believe that is going to be critical, uh, particularly if you imagine a future scenario where uh, soft robotics is going to be very broadly uh, applied in a variety of uh, systems where people want to have very safe interaction with robots. Uh, you need those. Uh, human tissue-like materials uh, to be present and uh, to interact with, with human. And that basically requires us to um, have ways to f produce and fabricate those materials that behave more like uh, human tissues. For example, you mentioned about high toughness. Mm -hmm. That is one feature very unique to, to human tissues. And, and there's other um, properties um, beyond high toughness. Uh, you want to have the uh, the proper uh, 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 stiffness. You also want to have uh, the, uh, the a certain amount of probably uh, water content, uh, and maybe uh, be able to respond to extracellular uh, to to uh, to to different environmental stimuli, uh, and hopefully be able to repair itself. So they are all critical properties of uh, uh, natural tissues that uh, we hope to have when we're going to use them for soft robotics. And, and another feature is that when you think about 
uh, a large scale uh, 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 adoption of such a material, uh, you also want to con uh, consider environmental issues. You want the material to be uh, to be uh, renewable. You want the material to be uh, degradable uh, after use, and or hopefully to be recyclable. Um, so that uh, have uh, um, quite a bit of demands in terms of how you can make these materials and what the materials properties might be. Uh, and that really motivates me since we are um, focusing on protein-based materials and these are the materials that are naturally uh, uh, renewable uh, and biodegradable uh, and many of them um, you can tailor the material to behave like muscle uh, tissues. Uh, for example, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's uh, another recent work uh, where we took the protein from uh, muscle fibers and the material you eventually have also behave very similar with, uh, with animal muscles. Um, and I think that would be a, a good starting point uh, where we engineer biology to make materials, to mimic material, um, the, the, to mimic material uh, that you found in natural tissues, um, and uh, and then we can further build in more properties, build in more functions, and to make it towards uh, broad applications in software robotics. Wonderful! This is a really excellent point. Since we're closing to end, uh, I have a few questions. Maybe the first one, since maybe a student listening to you, when you try to design what you're doing, what is the first thing you should consider? be focused on the first thing you should go for and that's the first starting point um, in our products very often the first thing we focus is the property is the, the mechanical properties um, because they are highly important in terms of their functions and then if there are uh, uh, other particular functions that are we're interested we also uh, wonder how to achieve those functions when we design such a material I don't know if you have ever received a, a life-changing advice, maybe through your career or life, and stick to your mind. Um, I, I would say the maybe the 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 biggest advice that I I I I, I got so far is when I started my position, uh, I was asking for advices from my postdoc advisor, Professor Jay Kisling. And there's one uh, word he told me that uh, um, you may have uh, many uh, failures, but it's important to remember that you keep going uh, even when you encounter those uh, those those failures. Uh, you eventually become successful. Um, that that's really uh, um, uh, motivates me when whenever we have problems. Indeed, every products we encountered. Uh, many different problems, um, but uh, that always uh, keep us thinking about alternatives, thinking about how we can solve this issue and uh, move forward. That's really wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. But uh, yeah, I would like to thank you. I really enjoyed it, and uh, thanks all for time. Thank you. All right, Marwa, thanks for the opportunity. I also enjoyed talking to you.